morning, everyone. All right. You're ready to worship, aren't you? You've come prepared. Your hearts are ready to receive from the Lord. We're going to have a really good time here this morning. Go ahead, check in right now to Salem Fields because uh, it shows that you come here and that's an awesome thing. Well, how about that lobby time? Did anybody experience lobby time? Let's go out to the lobby. Yeah, you know how uh, in a home where you have children and they go to their room and you never see them again? Uh, that happens in a church too where the students go that way and the children go that way and the adults kind of come in here and it's like we never mingle. And so I've been challenging people. We're going to have some lobby time and at 1030. So I would encourage you to come uh, earlier next week and uh, on your way to church, just listen to some Christian music. And then when you come in there, just introduce yourself to one person. I got to take someone this morning, both services, around to meet different people because they were really shy and it was really hard for them. So I said, okay, I'll do it for you. And we went around and I embarrassed them. First service, um, we had a couple of birthdays. So we were singing happy birthday out there. So lobby time. Everybody say that. Lobby time. Yeah, we're going to have lobby time, okay? So will you do that next week? Come at, be here at 1030, and everybody be out there and have fun. So during this month, we're not going to have announcements during the service, so we put those in your program. If you, Everybody open up your program and look in there, pull out your announcements, and there's everything that's happening. I want to call your attention to the Beautiful Broken Life Tour. That is for men and women both. A lot of people wondered, is that just for women? No, it's for men and women both. You can also get your tickets out at the Resource Center. Is it an Emerald? Oh, okay. So we've got our phones going. Let's pray for that right now, okay? Father, we know that when we hear that sound, that there's an emergency and that there's a child involved. And so, Lord, I just pray right now that you will intervene into that situation, that that child will be found and be safe. God, we just entrust that child into your hands. And whomever's involved in that, Lord, we just ask, Father, that you'll intervene and that your will will be done. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Isn't that awesome that we can do that together? So the announcements are there. And... Uh, uh, yeah, I know, I know it's going to go on. And also, uh, tithes and offering. We're not going to stop the service to do that, but there will be a video. When the video starts playing, the ushers are going to come. So if you get your tithes and offering ready right now, if you put it into the baskets, uh, when that video starts, you don't want to be distracted, but uh, the baskets will come by, and we'll do that swiftly and, and quickly. So that's a little bit of uh, how we're doing this different. Now, I pray that you've come today with your cup turned up and that you want to see uh, the presence of the Lord and experience the presence of the Lord in your life. You know, it's so easy to come to church and think that somehow this is for us. You know, you kind of come and you sit and you look up at the stage and you listen and you sing some songs. We sing some songs. But in reality, it's not what God does for us, but what we can do for him. And it's really all about changing our focus from before we ever bring our need to him, that we first of all bring our praise. 
because it's so easy to turn him into this guy that we think should meet all of our needs. And that's not who he is. He's the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And so we wanna worship his majesty. We wanna worship who he is, his greatness and his goodness. And you know, this month, I just wanted to strip away everything and just make it very simple. You know, no big flashes of light or anything showy, just kind of the night sky, the stars, and to become aware of his presence. You know that what we do here is not a spectator sport, right? That we are to be participants in his presence. And so I would encourage you right now, right now, I can't do this for you, the band can't do it for you. Right now, would you choose to open your heart to experience the majesty of God in a fresh, new way? And I've had to say, God, I'm sorry for what I've made worship. I've made it about me. But you know what? It's really all about you. It's all about you, God. When the music fades, all is stripped away, and I simply come, longing just to bring something that's a word that will bless your much deeper within through the way things appear you're looking into my heart I'm coming back to the light of worship and it's all about you it's all about you Jesus I'm sorry, Lord, for the thing I made it when it's all about you, all about you, Jesus. King of endless work, no one could express how much you
together that's who we're magnifying okay because you remember I said this is not a spectator sport this is where we participate and so it's not about watching what happens up here it's really about you engaging it's really about you opening your heart it's really about you taking responsibility for not letting that child crying over here distract you from what God wants you to hear or that person next to you that just wiped their nose and wiped it on their leg those are distractions that will keep you from hearing what God wants you to experience in this worship service and so we're celebrating that God is bigger than everything He's bigger than our differences. He's bigger than our skin color, our disasters, our weaknesses. He's bigger than anything we can even imagine. And when we come together like this, he brings us together in unity by his spirit. And we worship in spirit and truth. Mary, come on up here. Mary's gonna lead us in a scripture. There's a variety of ways, let's stand together. There's a variety of ways that we can worship. Worship is 24 seven in our life, but when we come together like this, God does something that he doesn't do anywhere else. Mary is from Nigeria. And as you see the scripture, you can put it up there now, as you see the scripture on the screen, that's in English, that's my language. But Mary will speak it in her language. But we can worship even though we speak differently. Mary. I'm reading from the Yoruba translation. Praise the Lord, we give you praise, God. And we put our hands together and we say we worship you, Lord. He is so able to be bigger than anything that we can even imagine. Let's enter into worship this morning as we sing together.
before we all come from different places and it just seems like in our world today all of our differences are dividing us and we can't expect anything else out of a world that doesn't know Jesus that doesn't know the majesty of God but for us when we come together and we focus on him it brings us all together in unity it brings us at peace and you will experience a peace and a unity here today like you won't experience anywhere else because we're pointing to the majesty of God and his Holy Spirit is here, his presence is here. And it's the only way that a world with lots of differences will come together. 
Now this morning, you'll see even up here and around the, the, the building, you'll see people with different skin colors. You'll see people of different ages. I don't know, I might be the oldest one here, I don't know. You'll see little children. Jesus said, let the little children come to me because we need to learn from them. But God is so much bigger than all of our problems. He's bigger than anything that we could ever experience. Our worries, you know, I hear about people saying, I've got a lot of anxiety. God is bigger than your anxiety. God is bigger than your depression. It's a matter of what are we focusing on? Do we get our focus down in the weeds of our problems or are we looking up? And my prayer is that in the next hour, in these next few moments that we have together, that we'll experience him in a way and realize that all we have to do is shift our focus to the majesty of God. Now the tithe, those baskets are gonna come around, but don't let it distract you. Give with a, a cheerful heart. But as we continue to worship, just pour out your worship and your heart to him in whatever way. And I encourage you, don't let any distraction keep you from hearing and experiencing what God wants you to hear and experience. That child that may cry, that person in front of you that may be talking, someone that wipes their nose and gets it close to you. All distractions to get your focus off of what God wants you to hear. You understand that? Nobody can pull your focus back but you. It's a choice. And when we do that, we come together and God's spirit is released in a brand new way for us to experience together all one. Let's continue to worship him.
miles between Nigeria and here. You're greater than the 371 tribes. You're greater than the 520 languages. The Bible says, at your name, Jesus, every knee will bow and every tongue confess that Jesus is Lord. To you be glory, honor, and adoration. Get into the darkness you shine. Get out of the ashes we rise. There's no one like you. There's none like you. Cause our God is greater. Our God is stronger. God, you are higher than any other. Our God is healer, awesome and power. Sometimes I get worried, but I know God is with me. He is greater than my worries. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Because our God is greater, our God is stronger. God, you are higher than any other. Our God is healer, awesome and power. So I know God is bigger than fear because I'm up here.
Dios sana y salva es poderoso mi Dios mi Dios we give him all the glory praise the Lord now that's what I'm talking about his people have opened their hearts to the greatness and the majesty of God. All of our differences don't matter right now. We are one in the spirit. His presence is here. He is great. And if you don't remember anything else about this morning, remember this, when you leave this place, you can keep your focus on the majesty of God. He is our life. He is our breath. Great is the Lord.
because we're praising, we're honoring him, we're shouting, great are you, Lord, in the way that God's called us to do that without hesitation or looking at anyone else. And so one of the ways that we can praise him is to go to his word. You know, we can turn to him at any moment, but his word has so much to speak to us about, about his majesty. And so I encourage you as we read this scripture together that you shout it out you praise him through his word the way that works best for you to give him glory okay let's do that together oh lord our god the majesty and glory of your name fills all the earth and overflows the heavens you have taught the little children to praise you perfectly May their example shame and silence your enemies. When I look up into the night skies and see the works of your fingers, the moon and the stars that you've made, I cannot understand how you can bother with mere puny men to pay any attention to us, and yet you have made us only a little lower than the angels and placed a crown of glory and honor you have put him in charge of everything you made. Everything is put under his authority. All sheep and oxen and wild animals too, the birds and fish and all the life in the sea. Shout this to our Lord. Oh, Jehovah. Wow, God's majesty. When I hear the words, how majestic is your name, O Lord, I feel so puny. I feel just like a speck in comparison to God and his majesty. When I was watching the, the video with all the galaxy and all the stars and all that, I thought, man, I am just a puny little dot, not even a dot, in compared to God's majesty. But what is God's majesty? You know, I suspect most of us have a, a gut feeling. We have a gut feeling about what is the majesty of God. We, we kind of have our own definition and our own thoughts. But I think of, when I think of the majesty of God, I think of words like uh, magnificence. I mean, and splendor and glory and brilliance and radiance. And, and I think of words like beauty and wonder and greatness and power. Just to, to mention a few of the words that come to my mind when I think of the majesty of God. But you know what? I really have no words in my vocabulary to help me better understand the, uh, the uh, majesty of God and, and to help you better understand that. You know, I, and I'm not sure we can get a clear actual, uh, actual definition of the word majesty. Uh, 
The English word majesty comes from the Latin word, which means greatness or dignity. Greatness or dignity. It's amazing to me those two words used together, greatness and dignity. You know, even Webster's definition of majesty leaves me uh, wondering. It falls short uh, for me to help me understand God's majesty. You know, describing God's majesty is kind of like me coming home from the Grand Canyon. I've been blessed enough to see the Grand Canyon a couple times. and, And for me to come home and try to describe to you the Grand Canyon, and you've never been there before, is a, diff, is a difficult task. I, I, can't, I can't even begin to describe to you the splendor and the awesomeness and the, and the beauty and the wonder of the Grand Canyon. You know, my finite mind, uh, my finite mind uh, cannot wrap itself around God's majesty. It, it just seems impossible for me. You know, when I see the brilliance of the stars on a clear night, I mean, we were recently on a camping trip, and, and the night we, where we're camping, there's no light, light pollution. And man, you, the, the, the brilliance of the stars, and it just happened to be a, 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 on a cool, crisp autumn night that we had the harvest moon. You know, but it can't begin to describe to me the majesty of God, or, nor can a stream running through a valley or the beauty of a flower. I just saw a picture of Lori, uh, she's a landscaper and on her Facebook page this morning she had this beautiful flower and I and you know the intricacy of that flower can't even begin to help me understand God's majesty or you know when I one of the most beautiful things to me is a river running through a valley or a snow-capped mountain or an elk or a moose standing in a stream out west or the, the the majesty of old faithful spewing its stuff all over the place You know, but, you know, really, I'm not satisfied that this is even close to describing the majesty of God. Honestly, for me, the Bible's attempts at uh, God's majesty uh, fall short to me. You know, when you read in Revelations 20 that God sits on a great white throne, I don't know, the image of that itself kind of, ah, you know, when I think of God sitting on a great white uh, throne and it says nothing can exist when coming face to face with him. Nothing can exist. And then the earth and the heavens will even flee away when confronted by the majesty of God. Even the Bible's attempt to describe heaven to me is not enough to help me adequately understand God's majesty. The Bible says in Revelations 21, and that's it. You want to read a great picture of God's majesty and and get a picture of heaven. Revelations 21, it says, The city of God is of pure gold. And it's surrounded by a wall of jasper. Now the ten foundations of the wall are adorned respectively. With numerous precious stones, the twelve gates are one pearl each. And the street is paved of pure gold. Now, you know, it would make your commute a whole lot easier if you could like, think about coming up Route 3. And it's paved with pure gold. And it's as clear as glass. Transparent. There's no sun. Or moon in heaven because there's no need for either of them as the glory of God illuminates the whole city and the Lamb, Jesus Christ himself, is the light. Now is that the majesty of God displayed or is that simply because the Lord is king? The Bible says in Psalms 93 that David said, he is robed in majesty 
and armed with strength. The world is firmly established and cannot be moved. And then as you continue to read in Revelations, John the Revelator, the writer of Revelations, he makes one final statement. And he says this, he is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. He is the, I just love how that goes, he is the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. And I can assure you folks, that still boggles my mind. To think he is the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning and the end. It only boggles my mind. And when I consider the majesty in the face of a newborn baby, and, and when I see that, I'm still, isn't that a beautiful baby? <laughs> I'm still not convinced that that's a clear picture of God's majesty. Even though its tiny brain has 10 billion, 10 billion nerve cells, our eyes have about 100 million receptor cells in each retina, which also contains four layers of nerve cells. The system, the system makes billions of calculations, billions of calculations per second. You know, that little baby skin has more than 2 million tiny sweat glands, about 3,000 per square inch. And why is that? To regulate the body's temperature. Its tiny heart beats an average of 75 times per minute, 40 million times per year, or 2.5 billion times in 70 years. It pumps 3,000 gallons of blood every day. Its tiny body is supported by 200 finely designed bones, and, and it is connected by more than 500 muscles and many tendons and ligaments. Its digestive, uh, digestive system contains 35 million glands that secrete juices to help digest food and sustain life. And I haven't even mentioned the lungs. I haven't mentioned, uh, I haven't mentioned our sense of, of uh, hearing or smelling or, or, or taste or even the immune system. But when you put all that together, it's what holds life together. It all works together. And this is just the body of a tiny infant. Now maybe that's one small part of God's majesty. And when I look at that, I can't help but believe that is one small part of God's majesty. And I haven't even mentioned to you the majesty of, of his son, Jesus Christ. God created this universe. And because of sin, you and I have been separated by God, been separated from God because of our sin. And God looked down on us and he realized that we needed a savior. And so he sent his tiny baby, this tiny baby, uh, Jesus Christ, to be born of a virgin Mary, to be born in a stable, in a cave, or in a or whatever it may have been, on a, on, a, on a cold, lonely night. This baby was born to a virgin, nonetheless, and grew up and lived 33 years and, 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 and made sure that the gospel reached us through the chosen 12 and others who believed, and then one day he was cruelly uh, beaten and, and broken and hung on a cross, and he died, and he shed his blood, and it's by the power of the blood of Jesus Christ that you and I have been saved, and we have the power to live victorious lives, and that's just a small part of God's majesty, but a huge part in my mind. So, you know, honestly, I'm still baffled. Even after reading and studying about the God's majesty this week, I'm honestly still baffled when it comes to comprehending 
God's majesty. So what am I to do? What should my response be to his majesty? Majesty, And maybe our only response, maybe our only response to God's majesty is worship. Is worship. You see, which brings me back to Psalms 8. I think that David found himself in the same predicament, trying to, des trying to describe the majesty of God, trying to describe the majesty of God. I think he found himself in the same predicament when it comes to comprehending and understanding and grasping God's, men, uh, God's majesty. So he concludes that in considering God's indescribable majesty, he urges us what? To just simply worship. Worship the Lord. Because his name is majestic in all the earth. And because he has graciously crowned you and I with glory and majesty. Imagine that. That God has crowned you and I with majesty and glory. So to worship God, to me, that humbles me. It humbles me. And, and to worship is to humble myself in reverence to the great I am. And when I think of the great I am, I can't help but think of Moses who climbed Mount Sinai and he, enco uh, he encountered the burning bush. And, and God spoke out from the burning bush and he said, I am. I am. And, Abraham, and Moses' response was to kick off his sandals and, and worship God saying, I, here I am standing on holy ground. And do you realize that you and I, in the presence of God this morning, we have been in the presence of God, we too are standing on holy ground and maybe we too should kick off our sandals and just simply worship God for his majesty and glory. And then I think of Abraham. Abraham, who uh, waited 100 years nearly to have a son. God promised him a son, and, 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 and I'm sure after a certain time, he just started to doubt God. But God came through on his promise, and then shortly thereafter, he says, Abraham, Abraham, I want you to take your dear son Isaac, and I want you to go to the mountain, and I want you to, I want you to sacrifice him to me. And Abraham, in his obedience, he gathered up his servants, he gathered up the firewood and he loaded it all on the, on the back of a donkey so and he went to the top of the mountain and he, before he prepared to fire, before he prepared to sacrifice, the Bible says he went aside and worshiped God. Went aside and worshiped God. Now the outward things that we do, like reading our Bible and praying and singing and the, the Lord's Supper and, and baptism and giving and preaching and going to small groups or, or serving or doing, what, doing whatever we do, they're all important. But the most important thing I believe that you and I can do with our life, if we're believers in Jesus Christ, I believe the most important thing that we can do with our lives is to engage our hearts fully in worship that glorifies God. You see, it, it's in worship that you and I, I believe, can fully comprehend God's majesty. In worship, you see, God longs for me to turn to him with all of my heart, with all of my soul, and all of my mind to worship God, which means that I not only worship him with my whole heart, but that I worship him with my life. I worship him on 95. I worship him at my workplace. I worship him wherever my life may take me. I worship him with my whole life, not just on the weekends, which means that God is great in my life. And if that's true, then I must ask myself, is he great 
in my life when I'm busy? Is God great in my life when I'm, I got baseball practice, I got soccer practice, I got football practice, I got football games, I got meetings, I got work, I got all this. I'm stuck in traffic on 95. Is God great then in my life? If, I'm to imagine, if I am to glorify God with my whole life, is God still God and worthy of worship when we're busy? Am I magnifying God in every aspect of my life? Even when my circumstances are not what I desire. Am I, am I worshiping, magnifying God? Is God great when my finances are not great? Is God still great and worth worshiping when my family and my marriage is falling apart and I don't know where to turn? Is God great? Is he worthy of worshiping then? Is God worthy of worship when my kids don't turn out the way I want my kids to turn out? You know, is God still great when my job stinks and I want to just tell the boss to take this job and shove it? You know, is God still great and is God still worthy of worship when he doesn't, when he doesn't come through the way we think he should come through, when God doesn't do what I think he should do? Is God still worthy of worship and praise then? You know, I, I know one thing for certain. And that is that the God we worship and glorify is worthy of our praise because he is majestic. You see, so today, as we worship him, as we have and will continue to worship him, I hope that you have caught a small glimpse, a very small glimpse of God's majesty. And, and, and if you have, what I want you to do and I, I ask you to do is this week, even today before we leave here, and this week in our walk around world that we live in, that we will honor and that we will worship God with our whole life, even when it doesn't stack up. Because he is worthy. Jude 25 says, To the only God our Savior, through Jesus Christ our Lord, be glory, majesty, dominion, and authority before all time, now and forevermore. Amen. Let's pray this prayer together. It's going to be on the screen. And if we could pray it together, you ready? We praise, we worship you, O God. Your sovereign power we sound abroad. All nations bow before your throne, and you, the eternal Father, own. Father, we praise your majesty, the Son, the Spirit we adore, one Godhead, blessed evermore. Amen and amen. Praise the Lord. I want to ask you during these last couple songs that, that you push aside any distractions in your life that you block out what your neighbor might think about your worship. You know, last week at our men's advance, we had a great men's advance. And Anthony talked one session about how we as men, we look to the left or we look to the right to decide how we will worship God. So today I'm just going to ask you, men and women, don't worry about what the person next to you uh, thinks about your worship. If you want to raise your hand, raise your hand. If you want to sing loud, sing loud. If you want to bow at your chair, bow at your chair. If you want to stand up, stand up. If you want to sit down, sit down. If you want to come up and pray, do whatever God wants you to do. But let's just take a few moments before we leave today and honor and worship a God who is truly worthy of our praise. Okay? God bless you.
we are one here this morning in your spirit, Lord, and we thank you so much for how you've been here with us. You love us. You care about us and how words can't contain who you are. And so, Father, as we continue to shift our focus to you, not on what we need, Lord, but on you, we bow before you, we worship you, we behold you, Father. And in these last few moments, speak to our hearts. We'll never be gathered like this ever again with this combination of people, with the spirit here the way that it is, he is. And so, Father, as we behold your name, would you place a song in our heart that as we leave this place, we can dance to the music in our heart of you. No matter what our circumstances, no matter what we have to deal with in this world, Lord, that we remember that you're bigger than all of it. We behold you this morning, Lord.
been a good time in worshiping him, hasn't it? Remember the majesty of God, the majesty of God. And we're not going to end with anything big so that we can carry this out with us. Now remember, next week, come early, okay? 1030, if you come to the 11 o'clock service, because lobby time is really a time where we're truly the body of Christ. I've gotten to meet new people that attend this church, and I'm the pastor here. And it was really, really special for me. And so I encourage you to listen to some Christian radio before you ever get on the campus. Prepare your heart. God wants to do something in that space that a lot of times we push out. So take responsibility for that. Prepare your hearts as you come in, and we're going to worship Jesus next week. So I'd encourage you to spend some time with him this week so that when we come in, we'll see his presence in a fresh new way. Thank you all so much for being here. Worship him. Worship his majesty. Thank you. We'll see you next time. Then sings my soul. Then sings my soul.